Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Around the Diamond. I am Adam Hernandez, and with me tonight is Tip from The Majors Live and Big Texas Tony. Tony, what's going on? Tip, what's going Not on? Much. Just uh, sweating out the oldies down here. How you guys doing? Good guys, how are you? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, it's been it's been quite. Uh, it was toasty here today in uh, in the Detroit area as well, and it's been pretty toasty. We got some big time storms moving into the, this morning actually too, which was uh, which was uh, kind of nice actually since we haven't had much rain lately. So, um, other than that, uh, we've got the All Star Game tomorrow night in baseball. We've got the Home Run Derby uh, getting ready to get underway right now. Um, over on ESPN. So while you're listening to us, why don't you go ahead and turn that volume down um, on uh, on the home run derby? Because if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, is Chris Berman doing uh, this year's home run derby again? Yes, it is. Okay, so you're definitely going to want to turn down the uh, the volume on that and listen to us while you're watching the home run derby. So um, other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and dive right into it. Um, we weren't on last week, so we have some a little bit of catching up to do. Uh, first and foremost, since this is kind of the unofficial midway point through the uh, through the this year's season of Major League Baseball, um, I want to know what you guys think is uh, as we kind of look back here. What are some of the highlights and lowlights from this past uh, from this past first half? What do you guys think? Go ahead, Tony. Well, I would say Justin Verlander's no hitter for. Uh, for the first one, not to sound like a homer or anything, but um, I mean, just the domination of the no hitter and basically coming a hit batsman really away from being a perfect game uh, was incredible. I, I think uh, Jeter's three thousandth hit. Uh, I mean, we all saw it coming, but it's still a it's still a highlight. And then my other uh, my other surprise really is a, a highlight is you know how that. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez trade has really worked out for the uh, Red Sox. He's uh, really uh, lifted up the spirits in Boston with his uh, uh, hitting 354 at the All Star break, and he's you know been a, a huge threat in the Red Sox lineup. That's uh, been some of the highlights. Uh, Tony, I I can't I can't really agree more with you. Um, that uh, that Adrian Gonzalez trade has really really started to uh, to benefit Boston. Um, even when, in the beginning of the season, it, I mean, Boston is really struggling all around. And I mean, I still think that Boston has some, you know, have some, has some things to worry about with their starting rotation. But still, that Adrian Gonzalez trade, like I said, that was a huge, huge benefit for the Red Sox so far this season in the first half. And a huge, huge highlight for them. Um, and Tony, what you said too about Justin Verlander, I mean it's it's become the case right now where every single time he takes the mound is that that's a highlight in itself. Um the way he goes out, the way he approaches a game now is is crazy. I mean, before he used to go out there, um, he was a really immature pitcher before. He would go out there and he'd try to blow you away, you know, right off the bat. Now some of his best pitches are actually coming when he uh, when he throws over a hundred pitches in a game. That's usually when he's at his best is after that hundred pitch mark. Um, and it seems like every single time he goes out, and this is why it's such a highlight because every single time he goes out there now, 
he you almost expect the possibility of a uh, of a no hitter every single time he's up, which is which is absolutely remarkable and something that um, this is truly one of those breakout seasons that you, you know you always hear about. And Justin Verlander is really making a name for himself, you know, and he may go down as now as you know. He's definitely one of the best, if not the pitchers, best pitchers in the in Major League Baseball right now. But who knows how much better this guy can get? Yeah, this is tip. You know, I I agree with Tony's assessment of the highlights. Uh, Bautista is another one that uh, for me they got you know thirty one home runs already. This guy is really turning out to be quite a prolific power hitter. And uh, it's too bad he's not Toronto because he doesn't get near the press he should. But you know, to get back to Verlander. Uh, not only do we expect him to pitch that well, I think the reason he's pitching this well is he now expects, expects himself to pitch this well. And uh, he just has seemed to grow up a whole lot this past year, and uh, he has just taken over this team. He is the unquestionable leader of this Tiger baseball team, and uh, yeah, he's just having one of those years that you just kind of shake your head at. Um, what about some of the lowlights here? Do you get what do you guys what do you guys think are some of the lowlights lowlights so far this uh, this first half of the Major League Baseball season? Two you things know, in particular. No, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Oh, you know, I the lowlights for me almost are uh, what happened in uh, San Francisco. I mean, in L.A. and what happened with uh, the uh, gentleman who just died at uh, at the Texas ballpark last week, the uh, fireman. Um, those just stand out for me. Uh, in, in in baseball itself, I don't really know too many lowlights this year for myself. Uh, I, I really don't have anyone that comes to mind. But um, go ahead, Tony. I actually have one that comes to mind. How about Manny Ramirez? Oh yeah, you, you yeah, know we, we that almost one comes to mind right away. That was on yeah, one of our first shows too, like, Tony. That seems like such a long time ago now. It seems like last season, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it, it does. does. It, it doesn't see. It doesn't seem like it happened this season. Uh, you're absolutely right, though, Tony. Um, that Manny Ramirez. I mean, after such, you know, Manny Ramirez is having one of those careers where you know he was, you know, he's one of those feared hitters. Um, and I guess, I guess, when you go back and you look at things right now. The way Manny Ramirez acted throughout his career, you know, you always heard the, that old phrase, it's Manny being being Manny. Uh, I guess what how his career ended in Major League Baseball really doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Yeah, and I don't know why I haven't thought of Manny Ramirez. I never liked Manny Ramirez. And uh, he he's a very forgettable person for me. So uh, I, I never thought he was that great of a player. He could hit, but other than that, I, I just, I just thought he's such a buffoon that um, he is just very forgettable, forgettable for me. I, I always thought he had a really supporting, uh, good supporting staff, and the supporting staff many times outshadowed him. You know, from from the time he's in Cleveland when he was uh, basically hitting in front of Jim Tomey to uh, to his time in Boston where he had the good lineups in front of him, uh, and, and even now and even the season in Tampa. Where um, you know he had the uh, the good hitting lineups in front of him there. Um, the other uh, the other low light that comes up for me, and it actually is a, a little mini series, a couple of uh, home plate mishaps, if you will. Uh, the the case with Buster Posey and Josh Hamilton both ending up uh, with injuries. Unfortunately, Buster's ended up being a season 
uh, season mm-hmm. injury. Um, I know that uh, home plate mishaps have been a focus um, uh, focus in Major League Baseball uh, ever since the uh, the Posey incident. Yeah, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go ahead and add this on there. Also, it's another low late. Um, is uh, is Major League Baseball umpires the the rate that they are that they're throwing guys out in games? Um, in some cases, these are you know these are Major League Baseball superstars. A lot of the times, you know, the fans would go out and you know to watch just these players. Um, for instance, uh, you know, a few days ago when uh, Justin Verlander was thrown out of the game. Um, granted, it was later in the game, but if I remember correctly, um, this was a game against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim where Bobby Abreu was thrown out earlier in that game. And it just seems, and you, you've been hearing a lot more about it right now um, as, far as, uh, as far as umpires having a shorter fuse in the game right now. And, and, it's, you know, and, and it brings up the microscope on some of these more questionable umpiring crews. Uh, for instance, the... Um, What's his name? Is it uh, is it Jerry West? Joe West. Joe West. His umpiring crew uh, that also consists of uh, Angel Hernandez, and these two um, are consistently rated some of the worst um, umpires in Major League Baseball. I mean, and it's lucky enough for for Major League Baseball that CB Buckner isn't on that crew as well, because uh, CB Buckner, I believe, has been rated the worst uh, Major League Baseball umpire the past. Uh, the past uh, few seasons, so you know, I, I I wish the umpires didn't have as so much involvement in that way in a game where they're you know where where they have that short fuse and they're you know and they're and they're ejecting some of these big time players earlier more often. It seems like I don't know what do you guys think. I think the umpiring situation is it seems to be a cyclical thing with Major League Baseball. Uh, it seems like every 10 years or so we seem to have umpire, uh, bad umpiring, uh, some sort of, you know, I'm looking for the correct word, uh, crisis or whatever in umpiring. And I, I don't put a lot of weight into it. I just think it's cyclical. And, uh, you know, if these guys do that bad of a job, they will be, you know, fired or weeded out and they'll bring in new. I just think it's one of those seasons where, it happens, and I, I don't. I don't put a whole lot into it. Um, if it continues, then it's going to be a big problem. But I, I think you'll see a change, you know, next year or even maybe in the second half, if if this becomes a big issue. So I just see it as a problem in all sports, really. Um, I mean, just even even uh, some of the more uh, niche sports, like I don't know, the Women's World Cup, for instance, <laughs> the other day. The other day, great game. But the referee and the uh, officials had to interject themselves in, in what ended up being, you know, an amazing match. But still, like you said, Tip, there's a, there's a case where umpires, you know, the crisis situations, if you will, come up. You know, every every game will have a little bit of controversy in it. You get probably a handful of games a week that have that controversy and you know you're right it, it is cyclical and uh, it, i believe it's that way in all sports yeah i do i really think it is and and i think you know because of our 24 7 you know news sports everything it's 
these guys are under such a microscope. Uh, it's I, I just think they're in a no-win situation. That's you just can't get away with anything anymore. And you know, it makes you wonder: Is Major League Baseball behind how they're throwing people out, how they're calling games? Just like in the soccer analogy, does the federation have they told the officials to get more? You know, inject themselves into the game. You don't know who to blame, and the umpires sometimes, I think, take the brunt of things that they probably shouldn't be taking. Well, let's go ahead and look at some of the, uh, what are some of the biggest surprises, do you guys think, f- so far this uh, this first half of the Major League season here? Well, um, this is a little bit of a tough one, but um, there's two guys that come to mind, mind here. Jose Reyes of the New York Mets hitting uh, 354, basically leading the National League in hitting. And then uh, uh, former Detroit Tiger Curtis Granderson showing some power in New York with 25 homers in the All-Star break. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Curtis Granderson, it seems like he's uh, you know he's he's hitting lefties at a major league level now, um, something he's always had trouble with when he was in Detroit. Um, yeah, he's got quite a short porch in New York, too, so... They do, yeah, they do. Um, I, I, but like I said, I mean, I guess, I guess one of the one of the things that is really impressive and really surprising with Granderson is, is the way that he is hitting lefties now. I mean, he's not necessarily hitting a bunch, you know. He is hitting home runs, but, um, but you know, just how much trouble he had when he was in Detroit, trying to hit lefties. Um, you know, and at times, you know, Jim Leland would sit him when a lefty was on the mound, and that's certainly not the case anymore. Um, Tip, what do you think? What are some of the biggest surprises do you think this first half? For me, it's more team-wise. Um, I am, The one team that stands out to me, believe it or not, are, is, are the New York Mets. Uh, you know, this team was just, you know, picked to be absolutely horrible. They seem to have put together a nice little team. They're over 500. Another team is, you know, is Pittsburgh, obviously. I agree um, there. Uh, you know, and it's been a very surprising year. Washington, Atlanta. You know, I tell you, this Atlanta team is a very, very good team. Um, it's just for, for me this year. It's been it's been the teams. Uh, everything's so close now, and I, I just think I, I don't think I've ever remember seeing this much parity in baseball. And I, you know, I'm not a big fan of parity, but I'm actually I'm really enjoying it this year in baseball because it's very, very wide open. Um, for me, it is. Um couple of things are big surprise for me of course you know the pittsburgh and the washingtons where they're at right now um something though is as far as being surprising is the cleveland indians um they're still Absolutely. right there in the uh in the al central race even though i think the al central is a little bit of a of a weaker division um considering you only have two teams right now that are above 500 and uh but still i mean cleveland this is a this is an organization that's had to sell off a lot of their talent. I mean, at one time you had Cliff Lee and CeCe Sabathia both on this pitching staff, and um, and they couldn't afford those guys anymore, so they had to get rid of them. Yet um, you're seeing a lot of their younger players come up right now and uh, are making a difference for them. Um, and I guess the surprising thing about them is I guess I really wasn't surprised so much of them uh, – you know, coming out and having a strong start to the season, but they were able to have some sustainability to that start. They're able to stick with it and hang in there um, with the Tigers, and you know, obviously they're ahead of the White Sox right now. Uh, but 
you know, this is a team that I think that, you know, a lot of people were thinking that, okay, they're in here right now, and um, they're only going to be in the race for a short, short time. Eventually, uh, the Twins and the White Sox and the Tigers are going to, you know, it's, be- it's going to become a three-team race when that's not the case anymore. Uh, you know, the Tigers, the White Sox, um, and in some cases, I think the Twins still um, really have to pay attention to Cleveland. And um, they're going to be in this race, I believe, right down to the wire. Uh, another surprise for me is is the job that Kirk Gibson is doing in uh, in Arizona. This is a guy that um, that took this uh, that took over the Arizona mar- managerial job on an interim basis. Ended up getting hired in, um, and he's doing he's doing he's doing an extremely extremely good job um, playing in what I thought was a was a pretty tough division. Um, you're in there playing with uh, with L. A. who is obviously having their ownership issues right now, um, but you also have the uh, the World Series champions and the San Francisco Giants playing in that division. So, Kurt Gibson is doing an excellent job um, with a team that seemed like it didn't have a whole lot of talent going into the season. It seems like he's really uh, he's really getting everything he can out of those players. On the, uh, I'll go ahead and start with the disappointments. Um, as far as the disappointments go, I think I I don't think you can look any further than Adam Dunn right now in Chicago. This guy was brought in to be a uh, an offensive threat with the White Sox when he is he is absolutely pathetic right now. His batting average is 160. Um, he's played in 78 games. He has 269 at bats, 24 runs, only 43 hits. Um, and only 34 RBIs. This guy is. Uh, how many home runs does he have? Uh, yeah, nine like, home runs. Nine home runs for Adam Dunn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, this guy is. This guy's pathetic. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but um, Adam Dunn is definitely a huge, huge disappointment right now for the uh, Chicago White I, I gotta tell you, I was so scared the Tigers were gonna sign him. I did not want him. Um, this guy is a National League ball player. And you know, I know a lot of people in Detroit really wanted Adam Dunn, and I'm like, please don't do this. And when Chicago got him, I just sighed relief because I knew we were going to get Martinez. So I'm not surprised that he's failing so bad in Chicago. I'm really not. What do you think, Tony? Well, you know what? I, I think he was. Um, I think he's always had problems hitting, and I think they had problems in the National League too. Um, I, I just looked up his stats, uh, Adam, and. Yeah, he's got 117 strikeouts and 269 at bats. Mm-hmm. He's striking out basically one of uh, one of out of every two at bats. That's not a good ratio. I mean, this, his, the next guy next to him is, of course, Austin Jackson, and Austin's striking out once every three and a half at bats. So you're looking at a guy in Adam Dunn who was brought in, paid very very good money. Uh, to be hitting for uh, Ozzy Guillen and Kenny Williams in Chicago, and he's just not doing it. Now, he's the left-handed version of Rob Deere. <laughs> or Gorman Thomas, maybe? <laughs> yeah, really. Remember Rob Deere? I mean, that guy, I think he struck out every one out of every two or three at-bats also. I remember Rob Oh, yeah, he was, the, he was the walking, talking version of Home Run Derby. It's either a homer or an out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he, Adam Dunn right now is at 117 strikeouts. Last season he had 199. Um, I have a feeling he's probably going to eclipse that number. Uh, 
by the time this uh, the season's all said and done. Did you guys have any more disappointments though this season? I had two more. Go ahead, Tom. Um, Jer- Jeremy Guthrie from the uh, Baltimore Orioles. I mean, the Orioles have been just a really flat out disappointment. And you know, Jeremy Guthrie was supposed to be one of the aces on that pitching staff. He's three and twelve right now. And the other the other disappointment is uh, Brian Fuentes for the A's. He was paid good money to. Uh, to be the uh, the new uh, closer out in Oakland, and he's one and eight with twelve saves and uh, three blown saves and a four eight two ERA. Not exactly the type of ERA you want for your closer. Yeah, yeah this... I have a couple of disappointments too. And the uh, second baseman and the third baseman of the Detroit Tigers are two of them. Uh, whoever they are, uh, whoever's <laughs> playing that position, seems not to know how to play that position anymore or hit. But, uh, in, you know, in general, Tony, you brought up the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are a big disappointment to me. I, I really – I had a high, a lot of high hopes for this team this year, and they just they seem to just fall flat. They seem to start winning a little, and I, I don't even think they're going to make a run at all for it this year. It's very disappointing for me as Oakland. Oh, no, they stink right now. And, that, and they've already had a managerial change and have progressively gotten worse. Yeah, there's something wrong there. You know, there's, there's obviously there's something wrong in that team. It's, it's too bad because they got such good young pitching in that team. They're waiting for the release of Moneyball to help uh, save the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks good. I, I want to see that. So. Yeah. Um, another The other big story coming out this past week uh, was uh, Derek Jeter hitting his 3,000th. And in my notes here, I have home run, but there was actually that would be quite a feat hitting 3,000 home runs. But he actually hit his... Uh, 3,000 hit in his career. And I guess we're talking about surprises and disappointments. I guess the one of the biggest surprises for me was he's the first Yankee hitter to reach 3,000 um, 3, hits in his career, um, given given the, uh, the history of the New York Yankees. And I believe he's only the 28th player in Major League Baseball history to get 3,000 hits. I don't know. What are your guys' impressions on, uh, on, the, on this feat that he, uh, that he accomplished? And um, I don't know. What do you guys think of Jeter finally hitting 3,000 uh, 3, hits? I, I saw it. I loved it. Um, he's really, to me, has become uh, you know, top three Yankee of all time. The fact that he, you know, three and two count, home run left field, uh, then goes five for five, gets the winning hit in the ball game. You know, he, He's the. That's the difference between between being a good player and being a great player. Jeter's a great player. Great players do great things, and that's what separates them from everyone else. And he's just a tremendous player. And I think people over the last year or so have forgotten what a great player he is. So I was just thrilled with it. Tony, oh, I couldn't agree with uh, we'll tip more on that, Adam. It's a it's a case where. You know, Jeter was probably one of the more vilified Yankees during the, uh, you know, during the Hanky, uh, the, Yan- the, Hank- the, Hank- the Yankees <laughs> heyday. The Yankees. Um, the, you know, Jeter was always there in the clutch and has always given 100%. You know, he's not like, you know, not like a lot of the hot dogs that, that have come across and play shortstop nowadays. I mean, he's definitely a professional shortstop and if you want any you know any proof that the guy can play defense all you have to do is look at the one play where he dove into the stands face first yep, to get a that. foul ball that was in the playoffs too wasn't it yeah 
Yep. And the thing is, he, he's a champion. Uh, there's just no other way that you can put it. He is a champion. Hate him or not, he's a champion. And you know what? Uh, did, didn't he play at Kalamazoo Central? He did. He will. Yep. Yes. He did. So he is a he is a Michigan guy, and um, I know that's what they're talking a lot about here. Um, he's one of the greatest. You know, he's going to go down as one of the greatest clutch hitters of all time. You know, and like Tony said, this guy he's just a. You know, you, it's an overturn. You know, use overturn. Uh, he just he's just a professional, through and through, and he's all, he's always has been. Absolutely. You know, I, I I couldn't be a bigger fan of Derek Pierce. So. Now, Tip, I'm going to ask you to save your opinion for tomorrow night because this is going to be something we're going to be talking about on the Majors Live tomorrow at uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Majors.net. And I'm going to save my opinion as well. I just want Tony's opinion on this because there was some, there was a little bit of controversy surrounding that home run ball. Um, a gentleman by the name of Christian Lopez ended up catching the ball, and he went around and uh, basically gave the ball back to Derek Jeter without uh without any without wanting anything in return he just gave it back to him he said this is this is Derek Jeter's ball he earned it um and now something you got to keep in mind though is I apparently this guy this Christian Lopez guy has I believe a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt now Tony I want to know from you if you would have done the same thing as this guy um and what do you well? What do you think of him giving back the ball for uh, for nothing? Essentially, they he did get compensated. He did get season tickets for the rest of the for the rest of the year in uh, in their Legends Club, and he did get some signed memorabilia by Derek Jeter. But I want to know what you think of what his of what he did, Tony. As a um, as a current member of uh, the majors, uh, <laughs> the majors uh, staff with fifty seven thousand dollars in student loan. Uh, <laughs> That um, I got, I got honestly say, you know, personally, I would have, I would have hold on, held on to it. But considering that this guy may have a little bit more higher morals than I have, <laughs> and maybe a little bit more need, um, he's probably, you know, he, I, I think he did the right thing. He now he could have held on to it, held out for more, but you know, he's, you know, he seems to be pretty schooled in the tradition that you know. This is Derek Jeter we're talking about. And this is Jeter's baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't like the Barry Bonds thing a few years ago. And if anybody should take a cue from, you know, holding on for memorabilia and stuff like that. I mean, that the whole Barry Bonds baseball thing was just ridiculous. Personally speaking, I would have kept it and held out for a little bit. But, you know, on my moral side, I, I think the kid did a good job and, you know, maybe later on in life that, uh, you know, it might do him a little bit, you know, who knows? He might, somebody might pitch in some money uh, later on down the line. You just can't see it. He could. They Well, they could, whoever those people are. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to save my, I'm going to save my opinion for tomorrow night. Uh, just because I, I, I have some pretty strong opinions about this, about what this, what this guy Shock, did. Shocker. <laughs> So, no, Adam with an opinion? No way. <laughs> Somehow I have a feeling I'm going to be disagreeing with you tomorrow too, Adam, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, so yeah, stay tuned for tomorrow so uh, you can hear that uh, that once in a, once in a you know, blue moon argument between Tip and myself. So, <laughs> Are you saying he's telegraphing his disagreement now? <laughs> he <Yeah>. might. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, anyways, we'll move right along here. We've got a couple more topics here before we close out this week's show. Um, we've got the All-Star Game tomorrow night. Um, and it's uh, Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, home of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I, a couple of things come out of this All-Star Game, though. Um, when you when you look at the rosters that were picked this year, you you still get a lot of players um, being voted in that, quite frankly, shouldn't be in an All Star game. And one of those guys, I know we talked him up a whole lot, was Derek Jeter. Now I'm not saying Derek Jeter is a uh, is a you know is a bad player. He's a great player, uh, but he was hurt a lot this season and didn't play a lot this season. And there were other guys. That certainly deserved the uh, the honors to be an All Star more so than what Der- than Derek Jeter. Now, baseball is is a is a special has some special circumstances revolving around their All Star game. The winner of the All Star game, as we all know, the winner whatever side wins the All Star game gets home field advantage. For instance, if the American League wins the All Star game tomorrow night, then whatever team that goes to the World Series on the American League side of things gets home field advantage when it usually goes to the team with the better record. Um, with such a stake in the winner of the All-Star game, is that something that you should that should be given to fans to choose these rosters? Um, when, like I said, you know, the World Series can be at stake. And I think that and I think that home field advantage plays a huge role in uh in baseball, and I think more so than than any other professional sport that we have here in the United States. Uh, Tony, why don't you take this away first? Okay. <laughs> the dramatic pause. Um, you know, one of the things I've always I, I've always liked growing up was going to the ballparks and being able to vote for the All Star game. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than grabbing your punch card and electing, you know your favorite players for the all-star team, whether your favorite player is hitting 200 or 400, it doesn't matter. Um, that being said, as far as the rosters are concerned, you know, I, I have no problem with the fans picking the rosters. It, it's the starting lineups that the manager should be the most concerned about. You know, of course, you know, you're going to have your naturally your ballot box stuffing and everything mm-hmm. else like that. But, in my opinion, I, I really I don't mind that the fans pick the pick the rosters as long as the managers are doing their best to uh, you know to manage uh, for a win. Tip, what do you think? You know, I I, I agree with Tony to a point. Um, I have trouble with the fans picking the teams just because I think they do a pretty lousy job of it. But in saying that, I don't see how you can take it away from them. It, it's the one game that. They should have their say, and uh, and I agree the manager has a lot to do with it also. Um, but I don't like this World Series thing at all, um, and I agree with you, Adam, on that. Is if you if you're putting this much stake in this game, then you're gonna. I think you should have to reconsider what what you're doing with these teams. And I just I'd like to leave the voting alone, leave everything the same. Stop making this game so important. It, it, you know, it's a fun game. It's a fan game. We love it. Uh, I mean, growing up, it, it was it killed me because the American League never won. But I mean, it was important to me because I was a kid. But it shouldn't determine who the home team 
uh, for the World Series. I just totally disagree with that. Do you guys I, think... I, I'm sorry, Tony, I, go I ahead. totally agree with that, Tim, because, you know, ever since they had the tie, this All-Star game all of a sudden has, you know, the commissioner has elevated it in importance. Right. And, and it's just, it's needless. It's, you know, as far as these advertising campaigns saying, you know, this one counts and, you know, this is big or whatever the heck they were doing, you know, they're over-sensationalizing it. You know, it, they should make it just, it's a fun game. It's supposed to be fun it's for the fans. It's itself. Yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. It's selling itself. I'm 52 years old, and the All-Star game has been huge every year. I mean, you don't, like you said, you don't, you quit selling it so much. People, kids, and everyone loves the All-Star game. It's the only one that matters in any major sport. And quit making it so important. You know, make the one game a year fun. And, you know, these guys will try hard anyway. They're athletes. Athletes don't don't know how not to try. So it's just, you know, don't make it worth so much. Not, not a game that, not an exhibition game, that's for sure. Well, and I mean, with that said, I mean, I've, Tony, you brought up a couple of years ago when uh, when the All-Star game resulted in a tie. Um, does the All-Star game need to determine home field advantage or have such high stakes, though? I mean, because to me, it, it doesn't seem like it needs that. No, no not at all. Go ahead, Tony. No, no. I, I, I was going to say it's it, it's exactly what I said. It's just you're you're putting too much emphasis on a game that's supposed to be not only a fun game for the players. It's supposed to be a relaxing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is the one game outside of spring training where you know you don't necessarily have to go all out. You know, you, you know, you don't have to do what Pete Rose did in the '70 All Star <laughs> game and bowl over Ray Fossey at home plate. But you know, this is a this is also a game where the players the players interact with each other too. Sure. You know, where they wouldn't normally interact at any other point in the season. I I totally agree with you, Tony. I mean, and, and even now you're seeing a lot of players, uh, you know, hold out of the All Star game and not want to play in the All Star game just because they want to, uh, you know, just because they want to, you know, rest and get ready for that second half of the season. So. Um, I agree. I mean, the All Star Game should be fun. It should be. Um, it should be. Uh, it, it definitely shouldn't, you know, determine who gets home field advantage for the World Series, especially when you get a lot of players playing in that game that uh, pretty much have no shot, given the teams that they're on, at being in the World Series. Uh, and then again, you also have some of the fans too that really uh, that really aren't, you know. I don't want to say responsible in choosing who you know who who's going to be in the starting lineup, but um, that puts a lot of emphasis and a lot of importance on the fans to um, you know when they're making these All Star selections. And I don't know, maybe you know, maybe uh, when you look back at how they handle this, if they're going to keep you know having the All Star game determine the World Series, who who gets home field advantage in the World Series. I don't know, maybe you release the choices a little bit later in terms of the ballot, um, who's going to be on the ballot, or, um, you know, so they could be a little bit, or you, you limit some of these guys. For instance, if Derek Jeter is, in, is, is hurt, then you release the ballot later on, and you don't include him on the ballot, So um, and, you, and you disregard the write-in. So, uh, I don't know, it, it, seems like, it, it seems like baseball... Could take much better steps to improve the uh, the All Star Game. So, um, do you guys have any final thoughts tonight, though? No, not really. Uh, I'm 
I've really enjoyed this first half. I, I guess that's my final thought. I think it's been an interesting first half. Like I said, I've never seen this much parity. Uh, every race is close. I mean, the only thing is I'm not a big fan of parity because you have a lot of times you have a lot of lousy teams. But I don't know. This year, this I think it's going to be a very, very fun, interesting year in baseball. I think you're going to see some surprises. So that's about it for my final thought. Tony? Well, my final thought's really going to be I'm going to see baseball from a uh, from another different perspective this uh, for the second half of the season. That's considering right. <laughs> I saw a lot of the the first half of the season from a Southern California perspective. Now we'll see it from the uh, southwestern perspective. Uh, Texas is still very much alive in their uh, in the pennant race in the American League West, and of course Houston's buried in the uh, in the NL Central, which has been pretty much their mo for the past couple of years. So. Uh, looking forward to um, a good second half. Uh, hopefully, uh, Justin Verlander can get to uh, you know get to eighteen, nineteen, possibly twenty wins. Would love to see a good Tigers closeout and uh, potentially a pennant going back to Motown. Absolutely, yeah, be a lot uh, of fun. Other than that, we're going to go ahead and close out this week's show. You can catch us again next Monday, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's seven p.m. Central Time right here on TheMajors.net. So for Tip, Tony, I'm Adam Hernandez saying see you guys next time. Have a good rest of the week, everybody, and enjoy that All-Star game. Good night, guys. Night.